Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of Biomass. We really appreciate you uh, downloading us on iTunes or uh, pulling us up on YouTube or from the biomass.net website. Uh, again, we're not live streaming tonight, which is probably very obvious to most of you in the audience right now. Uh, but we, we did want to kind of keep it to a little bit more narrow uh, discussion than what we what we normally have. So basically, we've squared off with two CPM1 members and two CPM1 non-members. And we can kind of uh, go at it gladiator style on a couple different things. So this should be kind of fun. Uh, but uh, seriously, we, we've got a, a fairly tight discussion for you tonight. We do want to finish up what we talked about with Hotfix Charlie from last week. And now that Hotfix Charlie has dropped, we can have a little bit of a discussion on, uh, you know, sort of everybody's general impressions. And, and I, for one, I actually think it's working out pretty well. So uh, without further ado, we'll jump right into it, and we'll do quick intros from everybody. Uh, Pokey? Uh, I'm Pokey Draven, CEO of OSG Planetary Operations and co-host here on Biomast. SMB? Uh, yep, yeah. <clears throat> Sir Manboy here, uh, CPM1 member and director of Molon Labe. Nice, Ryzel. It's Ryzel, and if you don't know who I am, check the last episode, because I say it every time. <laughs> Trolling already, uh, and I'm Jason Larison, one of the co-hosts here on Biomast, member of OSG Planetary Operations uh, in-game, and still still messing around, looking for Corp and Eve. Actually, haven't really been able to touch uh, either one of the games as much as I've, I've wanted to recently, but, uh, we'll, but I have had enough to know that I do like Hotfix Charlie, and we'll be talking about Drink that soon. Oh hell no! <laughs> you could, I couldn't yep. do that if you paid me. Give them um, your five hundred million escas, the entry fee. They'll take you. Yeah, let me get right on that. The uh, <laughs> so the first thing I'd like to do is kind of turn it over to uh, to Sarai and uh, Sir Manboy and talk a little bit about uh, maybe CPM one update, just general things that they've been working on, and and it looks like they're starting to set up some structure on how the community can uh, have some pretty open access to them. So I'll turn that over to you guys for an update. Well, the big thing we did was um, right after uh, uh, last episode, um, we started a blog. And it's not going to have a lot of actual, um, like, there's not commenting on it. It's going to be, um, but all seven members can post to it. And we'll be posting things that we're doing and, and posts of relative importance that we have out and about or on the internet. That's cool. Um, so that will that be one of your kind of primary mechanisms that you want p people to give you feedback, or is that more just where you can update, um, like update the community members? We're going to be mostly pointing people to the, the forums and such for comments, um, but it's it's a good way to actually find where the important um, threads and, and things that we're doing are. Um, you know, so Judge will probably post his videos up there, and you can go to you know YouTube to comment on them. A lot of forum threads will get copied there, and that'll be an easy way to find the most important topics that we're uh, we're discussing and collecting feedback on. Uh, that's cool. So it's, it's you see it being more of a, a like a collaborative blog, or, or is each council member going to have like you know kind of hey this is you know Sarai's corner over here and this is, you know, the judge's chambers or whatever, you know, cool thing we could put up for some man boy that won't get him arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that was nasty. <laughs> um, but uh, Sir Manboy's uh, white panel van. Oh. I think that would be the one to go with there. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it was there. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a busy day. Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
right now it's just um, you know all all seven members um, have posting rights to it. Um, you can see on the posts who posted it, and uh, you know everyone's kind of free to contribute their own bits to it. Um, I'm sure, if, if, of course, if we have any sort of joint CPM statements, they would be posted there as well. Okay, cool. Hey, Pokey, I got a question for you. Since we're the two uh, non-council dudes in the room, what are the things as a player you would like to see, uh, you know, from the CPM in terms of communication? Where do you, where do you think that that our uh, newly minted council bros can uh, help out with in terms of communication and accessibility? Well, in terms of you know just talking to people, they need to kind of perhaps post up kind of the threads that they're talking in. I mean, I've seen Cross and uh, Sir Manboy got some posts up in the uh, the feedback and whatnot. That's really good. I was able to link some people to those threads that were complaining about lack of communication. Um, so I'd like to see more of that where they're actually actively saying, hey, I want your feedback on this. You know, uh, you know what are your thoughts? Actually have a, an actual thread rather than just commenting on an existing thread. I think that, that certainly shows the player you're actively gathering information rather than just you know responding to, to other stuff that's on the forums. See, but I, I like takeover threads instead of creating my own. Um, like there was a thread that uh, uh, it, it was uh, complaining about people whining about the uh, new sniper crosshair. And I basically like, okay, so here's the format I want feedback in. Can you all answer this? And so I've got like two pages of feedback there over there. And that's, that's you know, I didn't create the thread. I just kind of, you know, commandeered it. Um, but, you know, and, and my other problem is I like to troll other threads. So, you know. Well, I, I think it goes a lot more when you, you're the one actually making the thread and actively saying, hey, I want feedback rather than responding to someone else giving feedback. I mean, that's just my, my perspective. I, I, I see it as more of a, a proper communication if you're the one opening that thread of communication rather than just hopping in there and, and commandeering it, so to speak. But that, again, that's just my, my personal view on it. I think something that surprises me, uh, and you know, it's it's really no secret. I think all of us who have been playing for a while realize what the forums are like and how they've sort of come, or I should say, how they've degenerated a little bit over time. I mean, one of the things that's frustrating for me, and it's not going to curtail me from communicating on the forums because I, I like that interaction with the player base. But it's funny, uh, you know, just a couple examples, just two of uh, um, threads that I've been involved in recently. You know that uh, one that's mo- that was more something that I wanted to talk about and put out there, and then another another thread was one of my uh, CPM cohorts wanted to put up there, and I, I got involved in it too. And it's just it's really interesting to see how uh, bitter some of the postings get. You know, just when you're trying to like put a conversation out there and get people's insight, how a lot of people will just jump on a thread to essentially complain or again, try to reiterate their feeling that the game is somehow dead. I just don't understand that attitude, and it doesn't really seem very productive to me. Well, Um, my pet peeve that I will sit on is the people who um, aren't playing the game and haven't been playing the game in months mm -hmm. and have no intention to come back and play the game, but still participate on the forums just to harass people. Yep. I, I understand it's a free-to-play game. Unfortunately, we can't tell them because they're not playing. They can't be on the forums, though I kind of wish we could. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just the most negative voices on the forums. They're not participating. They don't, they're don't. they just there to harass players. And, uh, you know, the, the big thing is not to let people uh, take what they say too seriously. Yeah. I think maybe even equally frustrating, and 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 this is something that I'm much more sympathetic to because I think we all wanted 
dust to just become the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, you know, to some of us, it's still an amazing game and I, I love it dearly. But, uh, you know, sometimes you'll talk about some issues and you're trying to get the community to, you know, latch on to this idea. Hey, let's reach for the cookie jar. It's within reach. But then you'll have people jump on a thread and they're reaching for the moon. Like they don't understand the technical limitations and it can often um, divert the, the nature of the conversation in directions that aren't very helpful. So that's something else that I'm noticing, too. Well, I think you, get, you guys need to point that out then and say, well, you know, that's a good idea. You know, we wish we could do that, but we can't for yeah. X reasons, you know. Well, I'm just, you know, it kind of strikes me because I've seen what you're talking about to SMB where, and, and some guys with the best of intentions will post up in like the feedback section of the forums and they're looking for certain, you know, they want certain things, which are generally, it's, they're generally newer players that are probably aware broadly of the situation going on with the dust, but perhaps not the history you know, the last almost two years. Um, and it makes me, it, it strikes me that that might not be a bad thing as an opening gambit to, for the CPM is when you guys actually make uh, a couple, like one or two of your first like official, you know, Uber post kind of thing is, um, you know, w what exactly do you think you can do in, in terms of dust or like where, where are the range fans? Cause I think that's one of the things that would help focus the players uh, particularly the newer ones that, that still are, are pretty excited about uh, contributing and in a positive way to uh, sustaining dust and, per, and perhaps carrying it over into Legion. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I guess it, it is kind of hard to see it from a different perspective when you are so you've been someone who's kept up with the news on dust for so long and definitely got your finger on the pulse of where the game is. You know, it doesn't occur to someone like me, maybe all the time that there's out there who they're playing dust and they enjoy it and they might be realize exactly what state the game skew you're cutting in and out just so you're aware oh sorry maybe i'm not loud enough no i'm just saying that uh you know as someone who's played the game for so long and who has kept up with the news and understands you know exactly where dust is at this point in time um you know sometimes uh it's maybe a little bit hard to realize the perspective of someone who is new and who isn't as aware of you know, the current state of the game and what the technical limitations are in terms of development. Um, and I think I, I think I see that on the forums, um, you know, when, when you see guys come up with these ideas that clearly, if they've been paying attention, um, are not things that, you know, CCP would would pursue for development just because they, there's no way they could be done in a hot fix. Uh, they're just they're just so far out of reach, you know, pie in the sky type ideas. And, um, you know, maybe some players just don't get that. Maybe they're, they're not aware, you know, exactly where the state of the game is, but for people like me and Soraya and, and you guys, the rest of you guys, you know, we've, we've been keeping up with pretty much all the news that the developers have been throwing out there. So we kind of get it. Um, even though some other players maybe don't quite understand it yet. No, I think that's, that's a pretty fair way of looking at it. But, you know, like I said, it, I, I think, I think you guys are, uh, are in a good position that you're thinking about how to organize communication to the, you know, to, to the player base. And, and it, in retrospect, everybody kind of understands the situation, but I remember for a long time, that was a huge beef. Uh, you know, that was a big point of contention with CPM zero was basically, it, everybody was on radio silence for a long time. Now, again, post FanFest, I think we understand, you know, why a lot of that occurred. But I think that's one of the things that you guys are going to face is, um, 
you know, for, for better or for worse, you know, like it's just human nature, but you're going to be viewed initially in the same light that people uh, dealt with CPM zero. So I think how you guys structure your communications and how you, um, you know, you attack that very specific problem in terms of um, building kind of community interaction links, you know, that, that kind of stuff is going to be huge for you guys in the first few months. So, and I'm really looking forward to, to watching how you do it and seeing the means that you, that you want to push for, for things and, and kind of where you, where the personality of the CPM takes, uh, you know, starts to coalesce around some different issues or different things. So, you know, as a player, the one thing I would say is um, even if you don't have anything to say, like anything new, at least continue to be engaged, you know, because like I said, unfortunately for a long time, uh, I think people thought Iron Wolf was the only CPM that was still active for like a three or four month stretch. Um, so as long as, as long as you're as a group collectively engaged, I, I think that'll be a, uh, a, a good thing for all of you. Yeah. And, think, and go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. And I think a lot, a lot of us are forum posters, um, heavy forum posters. So, you know, um, I think you should see a, a pretty decent amount of that. Uh, but, you know, when threads occur, we're actually just as excited when CCP posts as everyone else, um, you know, because we there are, there are, of course, topics we can't talk about. And there's, there's this moment where CCP, someone at CCP posts something like, yes, we can talk to people. And, and that's actually, I mean, we're actually really, really interested in, in engaging the players and getting that information to the players as fast as we can. Um, and that that a big part of that comes to, down to convincing CCP that they need to bring that stuff to the players as quick as they can. Um, but you know that's that's an ongoing process. Well, let me you know uh, I kind of diverge a little bit before we kind of get into the guts of you know for the in game stuff. Uh, a question about CCP communication to the players. Um, I, I, I think this is a, this would probably be a good point. Well, like what your guys' view on this is is. A lot of people, I think, they they continue to conflate the CSM or CPM with CCP, and they're two obviously very different structures. Like you don't get a paycheck, uh, as interesting as that would be if you actually got one. But the the reality is, you you're just a you're a player driven group. You're you're a player formed and voted on group that you know sort of helps focus CCP's. Um, look at things from a player and community perspective, and you can provide some technical expertise here and there. Mitani um, refers to it as unpaid volunteer consulting work. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's basically exactly what it is. There's certainly nothing, nothing crazy about that. Um, I, I, I'm one of the things, and I've talked to a couple of different people about it. Uh, I, I know I mentioned it across, but I think what is frustrating to players is that they see a lot of other games that are roughly in the same development stage as Dust, sort of the you know the pre-alpha alpha stage, you know basically you know. Give Wait, we released this game. It's, yeah, it's done. Well, no, I'm for Legion, by the way. But uh, although you I'm just messing with you, that's true. But um, I think that's one of the things that people understand what Dust is now. I think their biggest questions really revolve around Legion. Uh, and they look at other games that are similar genre, you know, similar player base draw, like the, you know, the people that you'd be gunning for to pull them in the level of communication between some other studios and, uh, and folks is just honestly, it's just noticeably different. And uh, th that's one of the things that I'm curious if you guys could comment on is, how, you know, where do you think the, the communication level specifically about Legion is with the player base and what would you like to see them do? 
I would like to see massively more communication than we get. And I think it's a corporate cultural thing. Yeah, I concur. I, I'd like to see a lot more from them as well. Just, I mean, even even if it was just something small, but it came in, you know, regular occurrences, it, the fact that we're not hearing much of anything in, in, in terms of, you know, giving us anything at all over long periods of time, I think is very problematic. But, you know, I guess that, like Sarai says, it might be a corporate culture thing and, you know, who knows. I mean, are they worried about something? Is there something that's that's freaking them out and, and making them hesitant to talk about it? I mean, like, you, you guys know more than we do, obviously. We we really don't know all that much um, right now. We're 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 dealing with uh, you know early administrative stuff and dust stuff. Um, uh, we're we're really actually most of our work so far has been uh, pertaining to dust. Um, but I mean, like the big thing for me is I see it as, as a, an issue where they need to keep, um, excitement going for a significant amount of time. So, you know, I, I think that they should have something, you know, rather than, you know, we had a couple really big threads, you know, that they came out with and discussed, and then there was nothing they need to have, like, they need to have something pertain to Legion that they can post every week. If it's a screenshot, if it's a tidbit, if it's a question, Something pertaining to Legion should exist on the forums on a weekly basis in my book. Yeah, I mean, one really cool thing that I saw um, back in the day when they were developing uh, the Super Smash Brothers for the Wii, actually, is they had SmashBros.com, and every week they would post something. It would be an item or a new character or explaining some some system, like a move set or something like that. And it was actually really cool, because I'd, I'd log in every week to see what the new update was, and that kind of helped, helped kept the hype going, you know? Right. And I, I think... Hype aside, it also helps when you're you're presenting ideas and you can get active feedback from people who know the Dust game so well. I mean, Legion is obviously similar to Dust in many ways. And just getting out and say, hey, we're trying this, and everyone goes, you're an idiot. Well, then that's good feedback to have because you don't want to you know, waste resources and think it's not going in a good direction. Right. So I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see that, like you said. I mean, just for... You know, feeding the hounds, so to speak, that that people are just starving for information. It, it's painful to see them, you know, begging for it, and and they're getting nothing. It, it's really kind of a shame. The you know the it's it's one of those things where you know probably because I'm very used to how CCP works, it conceptually doesn't. You know, I th- I think you guys are right. There's probably a cultural thing with it um, in terms of just how they communicate and how they work through things. Uh, you, you know, the comparison that I make in terms of another game, you know, I'm actively monitoring another game called uh, Eternal Crusade. It's a 40K, you know, MMO, uh, third-person shooter, first-person shooter. Runs off the Pico, Pico servers. Basically, you can get about uh, 1,000 players per per match, you know, match being a rough word. Uh, but they watched, you can tell by how they've, a, how they're developing the game, that they actually watched for other sci-fi MMOs and how they sort of progressed, uh, like Planet Side. And you, you get some clear hints that they watched probably what happened with Dust and, and what didn't happen over, over developmental time. Uh, but the thing that they're they're doing incredibly well right now, and they're roughly in the same stage that, that Dust is, or Legion is, I think, in that they're clearly pre-alpha. Uh, you know, they've got a working... Uh, a working mock-up that they can do some basic play with. There's still a lot of gray boxes and, you know, untextured stuff, but every week, every Friday, they do a live stream live, not recorded live. They run this off Twitch uh, with the devs anywhere from three to six devs. And they'll, they'll show actual play footage, live play footage every week. They'll talk through They'll talk through mechanics. They'll talk through things that they're thinking about, 
And the other thing is they actually read questions on the air from people that post on the forums or on Twitter. And, and the, you know, these, you know, Twitch and YouTubes that they put out every week, you know, every Friday, like clockwork is, you know, they're about an hour to an hour and a half long. So that's, you know, that's the other thing that I look at when I compare how we're getting with Legion, because I'm incredibly sold on the idea behind Legion. I, I really am. I, I'm a huge, huge fan of the new Eden IP. I love, I thoroughly enjoy playing Eve. I thoroughly enjoy playing dust and I'm really looking forward to Legion. What I, what I would really like is, um, you know, some sort of reciprocity though, from the people that'll eventually want my money. <laughs> That's that, that would be the way I would probably describe it. Oh, hey, it looks like we got a new guest in the room, Iron Wolf Saber. You mind, mind as, uh, might as well jump in and give us an Iron introduction. Iron Wolf isn't these. a guest anymore. Let's let's just he's he's a regular. Well, a I had to have a Sidgway in there somewhere, man. And now he's apparently on radio silence. Sorry, I was uh, busy cooking lasagna for the whole family. Uh, as for what's the communication between CCP and about Legion is um I I need. I mean, you need to understand that CCP is not every company, but that does not excuse them that, that they should not strive to be like these great examples that we're seeing. I mean, Warframe manages to do a live stream every two weeks. Yeah, and their live streams are awesome. They, they're showing off new stuff all the time. I, I always enjoy looking forward to that. And there's been plenty of times in the Warframe live streams that they'll say something, they'll think about something, and it gets forgotten about, or they actually canceled it. And it slipped their minds to tell everybody about it. I mean, they do make mistakes on the live streams. But the thing is, the community is so well used to the ideas of getting canceled, rehashed, changing on a dime, that um, it's fairly expected and no one rages over it. Well, the thing is, CCP doesn't need to make promises. They just need to offer up something. You know, people are just starting for any bit of information. They don't need to have a definite promise of this will be in the game or this is how we're going to do it. Just, hey, we're thinking about this. What do you guys think? Stuff like that's going to go a real long way in, in kind of quelling the, the unrest within the community. And they need to understand, uh, CCP does need to truly understand that people love work in progresses. They like to see the game start forming. They like to see the bones, the guts, the DNA that's going into it. It's it, that's a very interesting thing about um, a lot of the developer culture that's been happening lately with the rest of the industry. It, it used, um, as Hans Jägerblitzen used to say, CCP used to capitalize on this, but now that everyone's on the train board, they're doing it better, faster, and much higher quality. Uh, CCP needs to up their game definitely. Well, and the thing is that when you show off stuff as a work in progress, people offer their feedback, and they feel like they were part of that development rather than just radio silence, then here's the finished product. That doesn't feel like I was involved in that. I mean, even if they don't listen to my feedback, if I was able to give it in an open form and you know see it as it's being developed, that, that's, that's a big deal for me, you know, to think that I was, I was part of, of seeing this develop and, and be a part of the actual finished product, opposed to you know, nothing, and then, hope oh, here it is. Hope you like it. You know, it's not as meaningful to me as a player. Well, I mean, if you look at it in terms of, like, a customer loyalty standpoint, which generally translates into profitability, or at least is clearly a factor of profitability, profitability, when you emotionally engage somebody about a product, they're far more likely to, um, you know, spend their resources on that product. I mean, that's, I mean, consider this. That's exactly why Eve has succeeded for going on 11 years now it, it would emotionally engage people and the reality is you know i mean it's a nerds nerds game i mean that it, it is what it is and there's a certain strain of that dna that runs through the people that want to play dust 
they you get a lot of the same mentality, mostly because there's a there's a, there are a lot of former or active Eve players that play Dust, but the guys that would play Legion, particularly if there was that sort of baked in and clear tie-in back into to Eve, those are the people that are uh, intensely interested in the below the surface part of the game and seeing how things develop, as you said, and understanding what's going on other than just the UI in front of them, uh, which is, is something I, I find kind of interesting about the whole community that you see in EVE and, and to a large degree dust for that matter. So, you know, as a player, all I'm saying is there's a lot of people out there that are, or a lot of games out there that are, probably fairly direct competitors with the market share that dust wants and some a lot of the companies right now and i think iron wolf said it right they took cues from how ccp engaged the community and used the community uh as as perhaps a data point over time and they're clearly at the next stage or the next generation uh you know version of how they communicate and interact with folks now, I think sometimes CCP does a great job, but it's really on the EVE side that they can do that, probably because they're much more comfortable with it. Uh, and that's the one thing, you know, it, it, if there's a if there's a, a dev listening or, you know, if Rouge ever gets a snippet as he's, you know, commuting to the office on, on a podcast, the one thing I would really want to transmit to him is that a lot of people believe in the idea behind Legion and they've got a, a pretty loyal base of, of folks that can provide good feedback and frankly be great word of mouth and just engagement about the game uh, on, a, on a consistent basis. And I think Pokey's right. It doesn't have to be a lot, but a consistent basis would go huge. Uh, that would be a, a big thing. And frankly, it would be no different than how many of the other, um, you know, really innovative uh, game design workshops are starting to work right now. Yeah. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the things that I was thinking of is um when I was, uh, I think it was towards when I was first starting to play Eve, um, that I was looking at dev blogs, and one of the first dev blogs I remember seeing, um, uh, Eve side was called "Missiles Hate My Hamsters," and it was like a four or five page long blog with graphs and charts about the um, server performance effects of missiles compared to other types of ammunition, and it was exceptionally technical it provided no information for anyone actually playing the game on how to play the game better or what was coming in the game anytime soon but it was a very interesting article and they that sort of thing is something you don't see um out of the dust side at all they won't they, there doesn't seem to be a dev blog out unless there's something new to announce um in, in closest, I, I like to correct you on that the closest we actually got to the net was our sound engine one that was awesome. I really like that read. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that one. That was good. Okay. Uh, Logic well, Loop did a did a really good one back in the day about map design too. So, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think I think Socks Four threw a couple out uh, that were in you know maybe perhaps not exactly in that category, but they were drifting towards it. Um, just kind of in the interest of time, guys, because I mean we could wax eloquent about like how much we enjoy CCP stuff and and don't enjoy how much they don't talk to us. Um, I, I, w I would like to kind of move on because we do have some uh, pretty cool stuff to talk about. Uh, if that's cool with you guys, I'd like to jump right into Hotfix Charlie and kind of clean up the discussion from last week, which is we sort of stopped before we talked about the changes to the assault suits and really how the medium frames uh, are kind of utilizing the, uh, um, I don't know how to describe it, I guess a, a standardized slot layout. 
uh, it, it's, it's really intriguing and I'd really like to hear your guys take on it and, and your general thoughts on how Hotfix Charlie is, is uh, playing now that it's dropped. I think it's interesting to see the assault class kind of come back into vogue. I'm noticing a lot of people are, are really enjoying, uh, you know, how they play, you know, how hardy they are in the field. I mean, they've got so much HP in, in cases that, uh, you know, as a logi, it, it almost feels, you know, it's sometimes that you're, you're repping to something as powerful as a heavy when you're, when you're supporting them from behind. So, um, I think some of the, the assault suits are, are, are pretty awesome, and I think a lot of people are, are really enjoying them. Uh, I'm hearing some complaints out there from the heavies ever since the, the CPU and PG changes went down. Uh, for my heavy suits, there wasn't really a big uh, change, you know. Uh, but then again, I'm a heavy that kind of stacks a lot of armor plates, and they're not that CPU and PG intensive mostly. Uh, but for some of the other heavies that we're doing, uh, you know, that we're putting some different kinds of mods in that were a little more CPU and PG intensive, they've had to dramatically alter their fits, especially like the Caldaris. I think they've suffered maybe as bad as anyone because, and, and you know this, uh, Jason, as someone who runs a Caldari Logi, the, it's this, it's a similar issue in that the high slots, um, often have modules that are going to be far more cpu and pg intensive yeah. and very resource hungry yeah so the heavies on the caldari side are, are facing those same limitations now and a lot of them are complaining that perhaps their so, suit is you know useless. Right. so i i've got a, i wanted to jump in on this one so i have never put not one lick of sp into heavy suits other than to like i put in three levels of uh, Cal heavy, just so I can get into commando suits. And I brought that up to advanced, right? So I had about 5 million SP that was just banked. And after, after Charlie dropped, um, I was looking to try to expand out. So I immediately protoed Cal heavies, like Cal Sentinels. I'm so, so, so sorry. Um, I did that. And then I dropped another, I don't know, like two mil into the HMG. So I've, that one's pretty dialed out right now. And right now I can fit pretty much everything I want on that thing. I can run a proto HMG. I can run uh, like three extenders and, a, and an energizer and all, all complex. And I can run a complex regulator and I run like a, a toxin as you know, BPO SMG and like an advanced grenade. Uh, I, you know, I'm relatively close on my fittings, but I'm still pretty pleased with that. You know, I mean, if they had more CPU than what they have now, I'm kind of amazed. So I'm, I'm because I, I had heard that too, like that there was going to be a serious fitting problem with the uh, with the Sentinels, and and I think they're right if you don't have your core skills up. Because I've got all my CPU and engineering to five, and I'm a big believer in uh, anything anything I can put SP into that makes my CPU and PG efficiency better. I do that, and when you and I found that like having that thought process or like you know that sort of style of SP investment. I personally don't have really any issue fitting that thing. Uh, now I think now I'm I'm still very new to heavies. Literally, I, this is like first week ever legitimately using heavies, other than you know like something that comes in a pack or you know that kind of you know like a pre pre made suit. So I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit, uh, and it's pretty interesting working with a cal heavy. It also clearly makes me really wish that we had like a remote shield repper. Just throwing that out there, hint hint. Uh, but I didn't see the same CPU. I expected there's. I was going to be forced to run like um, a lot more standard and advanced stuff across the suit, and I haven't seen that yet. 
It's a lot rougher than it was. I mean, I have high fitting skills and a Kaldari heavy suit as well, and I definitely had to trim back my fit a fair bit, um, but it, it does work. But I, I do hear it's a lot squishier than, than other heavies are experiencing. So Yeah, but it, it hasn't it always been that way? I suppose. I mean, the Kaldari heavy, you can't look at it the same concept as like an Amar heavy. It's not meant to be a hardcore buffer tank. It's got to be more of a, a region based. And admittedly, I haven't you know, spec to the Caldari heavies have only done, you know, mock fits on protofits.com, but uh, you can actually get some pretty, pretty cool stuff out of it. You just can't think of it as the same type of suit as like a, a Glentair and Amar. Yeah, my Amar has a crazy amount of uh, armor now. I mean, I almost benefited where a lot of other heavies, you know, have, have taken a hit. It seems like my heavy might have actually gotten a little bit better. I mean, yeah, I had to drop my second uh, damage mod, but, um, you know, other than that, like, uh, the, the increase in HP has been pretty surprising. So, and, but that just goes to show that like a lot of your low slot modules, um, don't require the same CPU and, and PG as the high side. So I can imagine that the experience varies greatly depending on which kind of heavy you have. Well, it's much easier to make the choice to put a plate on than it is to put an extender on in a lot of cases because the uh, plates are just true. so much better than the extenders. Yeah, I th- and the other things, it's interesting, you know, that like the shield versus, you know, armor balance stuff is, is I think, discussed or slash fought over in almost every patch or hotfix that affects, you know, tanking styles. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually generally pretty happy with the, well, happy is a strong word, I think, but I'm pretty okay with where it's at right now. It just, it feels pretty decent. I mean, you noticeably have to play a very different style when you're shield tanking versus uh, armor tanking. And, and a lot of people do forget, you know, I'll tell you right now, regulators are important. Uh, after they beefed them up a little bit, uh, they're, they're pretty legit. The one interesting thing I think a lot of people forget is the, um, that your the penalty to recharge time when you stack extenders, I think is, you, you could argue, arguably say, more significant than the penalty to movement speed that uh, armor tankers experience with uh, armor plates. It, that's, you know, that's purely a personal, you know, a personal viewpoint on it, but uh, I, I generally think it's in a pretty good place. Uh, and I'm actually having, like to have a lot of fun with the Cal heavy. I just wanted to chime in on that real quick. Cause I was really anticipating to have to make more choices in the suit or like trade-off choices, um, which I actually think is a good thing. I don't, I, my personal opinion is I don't think any suit, um, outside of, you know, perhaps standard, you know, maybe advanced, but definitely at the upper tier at the proto level, I don't, I don't know that you should be able to run purely proto everything across the board in a suit uh, that just, you know, unless you have really, really uber fitting skills, uh, in your, in your character. Charlie has been, Charlie's been a um, wrecking my wallet this entire thing so, so far, though, because I have to go back through all my services and relearn learn how to fit it because of um, so many changes. I mean, one thing I've noticed since the change in Charlie was that my Cal uh, my Cal Sentinel is not like paper thin in terms of taking damage, so it's just it's just been an entirely different experience and relearning everything again, just about. I think the thing I'm most happy about is I'm seeing a fairly even spread of different suit types. I'm seeing a lot more assaults, but there's not like an overwhelming majority of them. It, they feel pretty balanced. There's, there's still quite a few heavies, quite a few scouts. Uh, probably less lodges than I'd like to see. That might be might be telling. But overall, I think it's it's looking pretty good in terms of, of usage across the board. 
Yeah, I'm really happy that they they got the assaults back in the game because uh, they were definitely missing. Uh, I think they add something to the dynamic of the battles, and it's it's good to have their presence. You know, I think as a support player, I'm even you know like I mentioned before, I'm 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 finding that I'm enjoying support play maybe a little more than I was before Charlie because that, you know, they're on the field and because they are now another target for me, you know, for repping and, you know, I'm, I'm scanning and there's, there's people out there, you know, with these Slayer suits that are, you know, following up on my scans with more kills. And, um, you know, I, I quite like it uh, so far. My, my, you know, overall review on the, you know, what they've done to the assaults is very positive. Good deal. What do you guys think about the, uh, the, the, the concept where Toddy's now injecting with sort of standardized, layouts per suit type like weight class if you will i think it's interesting i mean we kind of see the assaults already moving to have a similar slot layout to the logies with with few exceptions which might change with the logi pass i mean i'd also like to see the commandos get a bit of a, a change bring them to have a similar slot layout to the sentinels um, I think it, it, it's good for a lot of like, new player experience because they can go into a frame and they know what to expect. Their entire fitting philosophy isn't going to change based off of the role. They kind of have a fitting philosophy based around the, the frame rather than the role itself. And I think that's going to help a lot in the balance between you know suits at the same frame of like the Commando, the Sentinel, and the Assault and Lodgy. I'm open to being sold on the idea. Um, you know, my first impressions as someone who enjoyed the sidearm on the Amar Lodgy and who sees all the fitting issues associated with the Kaldari Lodgy, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a hard thing for me to wrap my head around at this moment, but if they can, you know, clearly uh, clean up their proposal and, and figure out how to make those suits effective with those changes. I mean, that's especially with the Kaldari because, you know, I've mentioned it in previous shows before. I don't know how you're going to add an equipment slot, take away a low, and then expect the Kaldari Lodgy to have a proper fitting based on those parameters. So, you know, if you can figure out a way to do those things, then then I'm all ears. But until then, I'm going to be re- remain a bit skeptical on, on changes like that. Well, I think the, the Amara Lodge needs to keep its sidearm. I think that's something they shouldn't take away from the players. I think it's kind of a cool little twist on the, the whole thing. As for the Kaldari, I think the whole slot layout and resource needs to kind of be overhauled you know, as, as, a, as a whole. It's rather than just, you know, quick change, you know, remove a, a low and add a, a thing here. I think it's it's too messed up at this point to just kind of make that quick fix. They need to really take a look at the numbers and see what kind of fits you can actually do and not just you know, do a, a switcheroo on it. Yeah, well, I mean, the good thing is, is not only has uh, Rotati and Logibro proven that they're willing to adjust, mo- you know, module slot layout, but they're willing to adjust CPU, PGU, you know, as referenced in Charlie. So I, I think, I, you know, I'm I'm very much in a, a you know kind of a wait and see mode to see what they want to talk about for Delta. Um, the assumption I think everybody has is that Logis will be touched in Delta. Delta, even though I don't, I don't think that I've heard heard either one of those two explicitly discuss that. Um, I think it's just a, a, a very clear assumption from the players right now that they're going to, because they've literally touched every other suit out there uh, in some form or fashion, other than the Logis right now. Overall, the way what I'm thinking about what they're trying to do with the standardization of the slot layout is to create a what uh, Wizards of the Coast have called a Jedi curve. Basically, you're given a set amount of power and you're given the suit the abilities based on a score, so to say. And from there, then you can start doing your divergences. 
and by returning everything to a standard will allow them to understand what what how things are weighted um instead of just randomly making up things like I mean, it was done haphazardly when it, when they are first introduced yeah that that's something I've kind of been griping about for a long time is that some of the design choices early on were lacking in organization and I, I think the concept of having like you said like a an arbitrary value uh, i'll use the the amarologies example like is a sidearm worth uh, an equipment slot you know choices like that where you can kind of have a standardized suit and then you can do your divergence from there in that way it stays balanced as long as those ratios are, are maintained and balanced you know at the base so I'm, I'm really happy to see them kind of pushing for that i wish it had happened a lot sooner but you know it's 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 happening eventually and that's that's good to see. Yeah, no, I mean I, I think that's fair. I really do like the idea of you know, like I said, the concept of the standardized uh layout per frame is pretty interesting because then it really drives the discussion about uh role and racial bonuses and uh you know the different things that you can work around that sort of baseline. And to be frank with you, I think from a you know, it just strikes me from you know, like the developer standpoint, it, it's to a degree, not in total, not totally, but to a degree, it makes things a, a bit simpler to, to balance around because it's just, it's a factor that you can, you can, you know, homogenize a bit. And, and I'm okay with that. The the one thing that I, I always caution people about, and I see this on the Eve side a little bit too. So this is sort of where my head's at on it is, you know, be careful not to uh, over standardize things or make things a little bit, you know, too vanilla. Uh, and, you know, tr- with the best of intentions, by the way, usually to make things simpler. So that, that'd probably be the one thing I'd kind of offer on that. Um, since we've kind of already started talking a little bit about, uh, you know, something we might like to see in Delta, and I think it's obviously, you know, it's no, no surprise that I think some of us are very interested in, in them touching the the Logi suits and Delta to see if they can tweak that a bit. I'm curious what other things that, that uh, are you guys interested in pressing the, uh, you know, the team on for Delta or some of the other things that you've heard players uh, pitching to you for uh, about Delta. I know, I know there's a, there's going to be a sidearm rebalance or sidearm discussion in Delta, but beyond that, I haven't heard too much specifically that they've mentioned on the forums yet. I'd like to see some work done with the commandos. Um, I feel the bonuses are a little... I like the concept. I think they're a little weird in some cases. Seeing people pick a Mimitar commando to use a Swarm Launcher, which is a Kaltari weapon, is a little off to me. So I'd like to kind of have them revisit that and, and take a look at it and make it a little more lore-centric, I guess, so it, it makes more sense in that regard. And it, it kind of helps, again, make more of the suits relevant. I know some of the commandos are less favored than others because of their, their weapon choices, so... You know, I like to have them take a look at that, and again, standardized slot layout. Maybe bring them more along the lines of the Sentinel in terms of slot layout might be might be beneficial as well. No, I, th- I think that's that's pretty fair. If you know, for me, in terms of the commandos, they're they're actually not in a bad place. I think it would be pretty cool though if they would branch out the uh, like the AV options by race. If nothing else, if they did nothing else to them. Uh, you know, by the way, for the record, I do like your idea about making them somewhat more on par with the Sentinels in terms of their module layout. But uh, off the top of my head, I thought that the Galente and the Amar could share the bonus to the Plasma Cannon. Mimitar and the Caldari share, share the bonus to the uh, uh, to the Swarm Launcher as a way of sort of broadening the uh, the utility or the AV pool uh, across the commandos. 
Yeah, and that makes sense in terms of, of lore as well, because Amar weapons are typically EM or, or thermal, and the plasma cannon's obviously thermal. I mean, it's a blaster, but it's still thermal damage. So I, I think that definitely works. And, you know, I think that the capability of having anti-personnel and AV at the same time on a commando is definitely one of the selling points of the suit. So giving that to uh, to the Amar in particular would be, would be really good, since they're kind of uh, lacking weapon choices at the moment. Um, I'd like to just, you know, since we're talking about gathering, you know, feedback for, for Delta, um, <clears throat> you know, I just want to uh, quickly plug Crossa 2's uh, Logi thread that he has on the forums right now. Uh, Cross has sort of become my Logi brother from another mother. And uh, he started a really good thread trying to get some feedback from the, you know, Logi slash support community about, you know, what things can be done. Uh, to improve the plight of the Lodgy. And um, if you're interested in, in, you know, voicing your opinion, uh, putting your proposals out there, you know, he's currently, um, you know, pretty active on that thread. I've sort of co-signed it. I'd like to be a little more active on it myself, and, I, and I'd certainly intend on being, but definitely go there. Um, you know, there's been some pretty interesting proposals on there. One that uh, I saw that um, I'm, you know, kind of interested in is the idea of having efficacy bonuses um, for equipment for each level that you're, you know, skilled into the equipment. And it, yeah, clearly if you paired that with the racial bonuses, that might create a situation where some things are OP, but I think there is a feeling in, you know, among some members of the logic community that they would like to be at least a little bit better at every piece of equipment compared to non logies Um, so I think that would be one interesting possibility and in how you could, uh, you know, accommodate that request. Um, but there are lots of different ideas floating around in that thread. So if you're interested in checking that out and uh, contributing, definitely you know head over there. Um, so just wanted to say that. Hello, Cross, if you're out there. No, that is actually a, a pretty good thread. And you, you and Cross keep that thing on point pretty well. And what I've noticed uh, generally in that one is that it's a uh, – because it kind of addresses like a, you know, like a sub-community or a, like a more of a niche community uh, it, that, that you get – you tend to get a much higher like per capita of, you know, constructive feedback posts than you do in a lot of other threads. The scout community can kind of be the same way. If you ever dip into some of their, their threads, if they, if they don't like, you know, kill you the, the first time you post they're you know, it, it's, they get really into the mechanics. And I think you see the logic community, which is frankly, you know, like guys that are really truly dedicated support players and, I, I've been one since I started between uh, you know, pure logi and pure AV. You know, um, I I really enjoy that role. Uh, it's much to me. I I like it. Kind of brings out the tactician in me a little bit more. Uh, but you definitely have a a group of players that are really engaged in that right now in terms of providing some fairly constructive and on point feedback about different things that you can do. So I, I do I do second that SMB. Like that's a that's a pretty good way to engage a couple of CPM members on uh, on some things that might you might want to be able to push to CCP for Delta. Absolutely. I think another thing, you know, because this just came out with Charlie, um, you know, we just got those uh, three times uh, LP rewards. You know, it's it's three times larger than it was in the past. And then there's another thread out there that's pretty interesting. I don't know if, if everybody here has had a chance to look at it, but there's uh, there was a person out there on the forums who was trying to come up with some, you know, way to create certain exchange rate between ISK and LP and like, you know, what is the buying power essentially that you get from a faction warfare match based on the prices and the 
LP store. And, you know, I've kind of looked at that a little bit myself. I, I've certainly not done as deep an analysis as that poster. Uh, and I wish I could remember that poster's name offhand. I do apologize. Um, but the, the thing that I've noticed a little bit is that given some of the prices in the LP store, um, even with the increased LP payouts, the, the increased LP payouts are still not representing an, inc- uh, uh, you know, a significant, well, it's three times more, but it, it, compared to your ISK payouts and pubs, you're, it's still not pr- producing the same buying power for items in the store that it really should. I think the I think the idea that everyone in the community was sort of hoping for with these increased LP payouts is that being in faction warfare would allow you to get more for your compensation. And given some of the prices in the LP store for certain items, I mean, if you look at like some of the proto rifles and some of the other things, I mean, you could almost wipe out an entire faction warfare LP payout on, you know, barely one piece of equipment still. And it really depends on what level you are too in your uh, respective faction. But um, I think the end goal that we should have, and you got to kind of work backwards, you know, with your design on this particular idea is that you have to ask yourself, okay, you know, we want people to play faction warfare. We clearly want want LP payouts to to give them more buying power and for that experience to be more forgiving overall. How much more buying power, you know, maybe at the upper end of, you know, once someone has sort of maxed out a particular faction, how much more buying power should they have in their compensation compared to someone in a pub match? And I would propose that you know, you should have one and a half to two times as much buying power. I mean, if you could imagine the LP store in ISK prices, imagine if the LP store had all of the prices for, for, for its gear at 50% off compared to the regular marketplace. I mean, that would represent, um, you know, double the buying power that you currently have with the regular market. So if you could make your LP prices represent that same sort of situation, I think that would be really helpful in terms of further driving activity of faction warfare. And and of course, that would support this idea that our LP payouts are significantly uh, better than ISK payouts, which I don't, th- I think given the prices is not currently really the case just yet. Well, I think if you, if you remember when the LP store first came out, even I believe there was a two or three uh, blue tag posts on it that, that were trying to highlight the point that um, that many of the prices in the LP store or that the concept behind the LP store really was designed to work in conjunction with uh, some form of a player market or at least player trading where where you could basically run different kinds of matches uh, and you could trade items or you could, you know it was that really, really baseline economy level that they had to engage in. And, and they, it sounded like they structured the payments based around that. But, but obviously I think when they posted it up, they knew that it was, that's one of those beefs that you have is like, it sounds like in retrospect, they knew that that player market or that that player trading was never, ever going to come. Uh, but they wanted to get the LP store in anyway. Which I do, I, I give them a certain amount of credit for wanting to put it in there, uh, but that also tells me that just like you said, they've got to figure out what is the, you know, kind of the break even that they need to generate in terms of buying power. Which, by the way, is actually a really good way to look at it, because it's about relative exchange, or at least about relative buying power. Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I think if I were like level ten in Caldari, uh, which I'm not, by the way, I'm nowhere close to that. But if I was level ten, one winning payout might might get me enough 
LP to purchase one proto fit suit, but but that's even deceptive because you have to go across multiple uh, LP stores to actually get the things that you would need to fit a suit, particularly like a Logi suit. Uh, you can't pure fleet it right out of the um, you know the LP store for your faction. Uh, this also goes back to the thing I've harped, I've harped on in the forums a couple times is what is the magic number for how many times you should be able to die or lose your vehicle in a match, be it faction warfare or pub and break even with a winner payment? Like what is, what is that number? Because, because I'm, I'm, that seems to me that one of the things that you need to kind of figure out is like, are five deaths okay? Then you break even are 10 are three, you know, what's, what is sort of the, the conceptual baseline that people are working off of? And then you can kind of use that as a factor when you figure out your payments. But back to the, to the hotfix Charlie thing, I broadly really like the fact that they've uh, upped the LP payouts. Uh, I played a couple matches, uh, faction warfare matches, noticeably better, really, really handy. Uh, but like you said, you, you're, you're still a ways away from being able to, as Soraya puts it, you know, make faction warfare a lifestyle or a career as a dust merc. So, I mean, that's that's just my general thoughts on it. Well, it's not just the payout, though. It's the fact that you can't necessarily buy everything you use in the LP store. The LP store is not complete, and that really needs to be a priority if they want to drive people to faction warfare. Because if, if people use a weapon or a suit that they can't buy with LP, they aren't going to care how much LP they get because they can't buy the suit with it. So they have to go back to pubs to get the is to buy the suit. So that I really want to stress that you need to really push to have that, that LP store fleshed out and completed to include every item in the game because otherwise people just aren't going to do it because half the stuff isn't in there yet. No, very, very fair point. Um, one, one of the things I've noticed, by the way, with Charlie, um, I, I've tried to use my swarms a little bit. I, I'm still very effective against tanks. Uh, haven't really seen much difference in play. And for me, it probably is not not changing a whole lot. Uh, I think there's been maybe one instance I could clearly contribute to needing one more volley of swarms, perhaps because of the damage reduction in Proto to, to really put the screws to a vehicle. But broadly, I think those are working fine. Um, and one a huge, huge positive, by the way, I'd be really remiss if I didn't tee this up for you guys. The turrets and the, like, you know, the, the installation turrets, Man, that's awesome! That is another thing to fight over in in a match. Now, that's that is very legit. Yeah, the, the turrets are awesome. I'm I'm really enjoying them. I mean, I've kind of always said it's basically a tank that can't move, so it needs to be harder to kill than a tank. And I think they kind of really nailed it with this one in, in making turrets relevant in terms of their existence and placement and who controls them on the battlefield. I think that now that they're so powerful and, and difficult to kill, it actually makes them a real point of interest. And I, I really enjoy seeing turrets actually last throughout the match and have people fighting over them and actually using them for a purpose other than, you know, a, a Warpoint Pinata. Yeah, I like it too. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny though. I'm noticing it seems like some tanks are now taking out their frustrations on supply depots. So maybe the next logical step is to allow the turrets to shoot at tanks when they're shooting at supply depots. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see it change the dynamic of the game a little bit. It's uh, it's, it's interesting to, to see that the tanks can no longer just farm them like they used to. Now, there are, there are some issues with uh, turrets in the red line. Uh, 
perhaps exerting too much force into the battlefield based on their positioning because they can cover an objective too well and they're so difficult to kill that they become a real problem for whoever has to go against that side. So I think that there might be some some fine tooth fine fine tooth combing that needs to happen where they can go through and kind of look at the positioning on some of the the installations and, and tweak them a bit so they aren't exerting too much influence on the, on the battlefield. I know that judges express some some displeasure with this along with a lot of uh, vehicle pilots who are getting gunned down at ridiculous ranges and spots Good. because of uh, the the railgun tanks die <laughs> well I, at the same time like i said there's some there's some spots where like in a domination match you've got a turret that's got way too much coverage on on the on the objective for one side but not the other so i think we need to take a look at kind of where they're positioned and a lot of people are complaining you know remove the turrets in the red line I, I don't think that's a good idea i think it's good that the red line has some means of defense against vehicles and infantry pushing up on it but we might need to take a look at, at the positioning and make sure that certain turrets aren't causing more influence than they really should I am glad they actually fixed the missile range on the missile turrets so that they're no longer infinite range, or at least several times bigger than the map. I don't know, I thought 2,000 meters was reasonable. I mean, I should be able to hit things in space, right? That, that was sarcasm, if, if you weren't sure. The, the missiles were ridiculous, I'm glad to see them get reduced to actually what they should be, so they, they aren't ridiculously overpowered now. Well, it's not only that, the AI control range on them was pretty um, horrific too, because um, there'll be no one manning the missile turret in the red line, and here you are in your dropship, and the damn things keep constantly harassing you. I I still don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. So much vehicle hate in the room. No, I, I just, you know, I, I've heard this before, and, you know, like I said, I, I've, like Judge, I've seen plenty of his videos, um, which I thoroughly enjoy, by the way, um, where if there if there is a singular focus of his hate, it would be redlined rail guns. And, uh, you know, I, I, I totally understand where some of his logic comes from or where some of his thoughts are on it or other people that bitch about red line turrets and this, that, and the other, which is really, I think it's more about bitching about it being the red line than it being a turret. But the, to, to me, it, you know, everybody says, wow, we need PVE. That'll solve a lot of problems. Well, you kind of, you kind of have that a little bit, you know, just saying, you know, an AI turret that, that can offend or defend is actually not a bad thing. And it is something environmentally that you must deal with. Um, that's just, like I said, that's my opinion. I'm not a primary vehicle user, so perhaps I'm a bit skewed in that. Uh, but I certainly don't hate vehicles. I actually enjoy vehicles being powerful. I like them being um, something that can test uh, a team very, very strenuously. But I really like being able to test that vehicle back, which uh, it was just ultimately the problem that we're having. Um, so from that angle, I really like the turret sticking around because I can actually jump behind a turret and not get you know smoked you know within 15 seconds of trying to man the gun. And you you can actually have an effect on some of those vehicles. I think that is a good thing. Uh, I'm not I'm not a you know you know certainly not a hater on it. Um, let's see. I did want to transition a little bit to Delta just for a little bit um, in terms of other things we're thinking about in Delta. Um, are there anything that you guys have heard about that they are in fact going to look at other than the sidearms? Have they actually announced anything other than that? Or I don't think we're allowed to talk any further until story officially leads the way with it. No, I got that. I meant like on the forums because they, they very clearly said that they're going to look at sidearms in Delta. I didn't know if there was anything else. 
sidearms and, poss and possibly look at the sniper rifle, as well as um, continue to look on things that happened to Charlie that didn't work out the plan. Yeah, speaking of uh, sniper rifles, one of the things on, on Charlie that I've been I've been collecting feedback on is the uh, the new scope, um, and I'm getting a largely negative uh, feedback on it. There's a few people who really really love it, and a lot of people who really really hate it, <laughs> and I think we we're trying to find out. Um, there was there was a suggestion that maybe that was correlated to whether or not people were uh, DualShock 3 or keyboard and mouse player. Um, I'm not sure that's the case, though, based on the feedback I was getting. I think it's generally just hated, but I'm not sure. You know what would be it just dawned on me? Like, I, I, and I truly do not know how hard this would be to do, but I've played a lot of other games where you could actually tune, your, tune the colors of the, uh, like your reticle. Like I would just offer that. That would be that, well with dust. That would be hard. Yeah, I know. I mean, but man, just like not having a white dot that gets yeah. washed out, or like on on a lot of the different reticles. Like I would really like to have a different color. Like what? if they it, like seriously, if all they have to do is just like turn a dial to change that shit a different color, do it. The be the best one I can the best example I can give you of um, how that's done pretty well in the game is. The submachine gun actually when you flip up the the aim down sights on it and it's got that yellow uh like almost holo sight on it if you took a bright yellow or bright red or something that would not wash out in the background and just applied that broadly across all um all reticles i like i don't know how hard it is strikes me if they can you know, diddle with the um the sniper rifle shape they can certainly like at least tweak the colors on these things that would be a really nice small change that they could do to kind of help everybody out. So right. please continue. You're about to say how incredibly awesome my idea was. Um, well, no, what I was going to say was one of the things I was hoping to possibly look at for the sniper reticle, at least um, was seeing if, uh, if they could be convinced to, to perhaps have variant weapons because uh, that should be a hot fixable thing to have uh, different weapons with a different reticle, something along those lines. I think it'd be pretty legit. If people have preferences. It'd be good to give them the option to, to pick one or the other. If it's if it's feasible, I think it should be done because there are pretty mixed and very polarized reviews in that that I've been seeing. So, you know, like you said, some people hate it, some people love it. So, you know, it'd be good to have both. I would like to charge her to cool back, but I know that's not going to be possible anytime soon. The one where the charge um, indicator was near the center and you didn't need to oh, look down into yeah. quarter. I vastly preferred that as well. That was much so, nicer. Um, the forge gun as well. I hate think being in the corner. It's too hard to see what's going on while looking at the charge at the same time if you aren't using an assault. Yeah, far too often I dry fire the forge gun when I'm trying to AV and it's like, it costs me like, I don't know how many seconds six to charge nowadays, but it's around four or five. And it's just really heartbreaking to see that your target just get away because you dry, you dry shot. Yeah. Premature chargulation happens. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's something that you can put in some SP into that. The forge gun operation. Now, yep. back in the back in the old days, it used to um, cause a what was it? Basically, when you did shoot a little bit too early, it still fired, but it was a the projectile would go out, but it did no damage. All right. I don't. I don't know. I think I would prefer it just to not fire and hose me, other than like troll me. Let's see. Um. I think that about it covers it for at least in terms of Delta. I mean, broadly in Delta, I think what we've talked about is 
touching the the logies, which I, it sounds like the next um, sort of logical steps in terms of suit balance. Touching the the commandos a little bit, maybe a little lighter hand on them. Um, we, we know they're going to mess around with the sidearms a little bit. I, I want to follow up on that one in just a second. Some discussion about sort of uh, where, where things were at with some of the things we tried in uh, Charlie about the reticles. And again, I'm not joking. I was kind of only half joking there. I was like, that really would be cool if they would just change the colors of some of the damn reticles. Uh, like, that would be really kind of handy. Um, let's see. Other things that I've seen people kicking around, maybe continued tweaks to the faction warfare payout system. Which, again, strikes me as something that you could kind of generally creep up. Um, you, you know, you could, like, very small increments up until you find where you're, if you think you're in the sweet spot or not. Um, I think they got to make that a science. I think, right, I mean, it, triple LP is kind of arbitrary. It's just like, oh, we're going to make it three times as much. But I think it's all relative to the, to, to the price of the items. And, you know, it, until you can really create, like, a very logical exchange you know rate on that somehow and i know it's gonna be very difficult to do that i don't know that we're ever gonna find the sweet spot until we take that approach because just upping the payouts without really looking at the whole you know picture um i i just don't think that's going to, to get us where we want to be well two things just struck me when you said that one uh everybody agrees triple triple payout over what we, we had previously is is very good. Absolutely. But, but clearly not enough. So that tells you how far out of whack the payout system probably was or is. Um, and then part two, this strikes me as one of those areas that is really ripe for uh, the CPM to, you know, kind of make its bones, so to speak, because of the amount of work that the players would put into this versus the, you know, the handful of guys that are focused on dust itself. Um, and I think this is one of the ones where you could have, uh, if it was structured correctly with the CPM and the community, like a really, really, uh, deep exchange, uh, engagement on, you know, the math problem of that, you know, sort of the, the science and the culture of faction warfare and how does it, how should it interact via payments? I think that's one of those areas that you guys are uniquely positioned, particularly where dust is right now. In terms of having again a very very small focused team on dust, um, but you, this is where you can expand the capabilities of the guys working on the product. Uh, in your position as sort of the you know the community are, uh, gatherers of information or the guys that are the, that focusing lens for information. So I'll, I'll just kind of offer that to you guys. It's like this is something that you guys I think are uniquely suited to to really engage and take the lead on uh, in terms of helping out uh, Rattati and Logi Bro, because let's be real, everybody in the world, we can figure out how to, how to mess around with weapons and stuff like that, uh, or, you know, diddle with drop suits. You'll get some feedback on that one, but the, the payout thing, that's, that, that's one of the ones that you could really uh, get a lot of hay made with the uh, player base. Well, you also have to remember that when Fox Four originally drafted the LP store, um, a lot of the suits didn't have all the slots that they did, so the, any math that he may have came up with back then or is mostly invalid now. But it still would be a good, helpful guide to for reference for going moving forward on creating a way to make faction warfare an environment to live in. I would I would take it a step farther, not only to live in but to thrive in. You know, I think uh, I think that needs to be the goal, not just to have 
parity with the the regular marketplace, but um, to to give players compensation that uh, exceeds what they would get in pubs to the point where they're able to get more stuff by playing faction warfare. I think that needs to I be agree. a goal. I, I Other, definitely agree. Otherwise, that, you're just trading that, isk for LP, and it's really no different than it needs to be you, more profitable. And this right, and with it being more profitable, it will lead um, players who who can excel and succeed well in faction warfare to switch to faction warfare, um, which will both lighten up pubs and create a better gameplay experience in Facor as well. Um, as you'll see, a, a much stronger fight as people have more incentive to win in in Facor. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the the relative level of benefit from a pub versus a faction warfare being like significantly different. I, I think that's a, I really think that that's probably a place that, that, you know, that, that, that could be focused on the interesting sort of philosophical discussion is what, what, what is the point of PC anymore? And at some point, should anybody mess with PC or should now here's, here's the option is should the community, the CPM and Logi Bro and Rattati, uh really work to, optimize and maximize player uh, interaction in faction warfare. So basically you have PC that can go on, but it stays basically as is, which is very little benefit other than just saying you want a district. Um, or do you literally set it up where it's almost like a binary game, you know, like a two tiered game now with a you know, sort of a sideshow PC being the sideshow. And previously it was pubs and, PC with Faction Warfare being the sideshow, but it strikes me that we're kind of on the cusp of an interesting philosophy discussion of, you know, do we put the the time and effort into really tweaking Faction Warfare to make Faction Warfare the preferred, uh, you know, upper, upper end part of the game where that's where you want to play at versus PC? I would rather focus on Faction War, which is something that benefits a larger percentage of the player base. Um, I think that the big thing that had to happen to PC was we had to take out the um, amount of ISK that was harming the rest of the game. Um, but I think that uh, PC is, um, you know, it's 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 politics. It's right now, to some degree, its own reward to, to succeed in it. Um, it's the, the merits that you can set up matches of your own against the corpse that you want to is the incentive to go do it. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't know if there's a good way to fix that system properly with what we have to work with in dust and i would much rather make fact war a compelling game mode now let me throw this at you what if you uh you almost went back to the dns black theory and you you let people run player driven tournaments out of pc which would be awesome if it was just purely player driven just let but, them do whatever they want out of pc but turn well, faction warfare again, player driven if they get players that want to do it then they can there's nothing stopping them now just to drive motion and their logistics. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be the, the way to go. And here's an interesting sort of secondary benefit that, that could occur long term. If a lot of the effort in terms of community organizing and the shaping that the devs team could do in terms of faction warfare, if, if all that comes about there, you know, it would certainly strengthen the case that some of you guys in the CPM and in the community, uh, folks in the community are making about the the desire and the need for the Legion and Evelink at launch. Oh, certainly. I think we're all pretty passionate about that, but you know whether or not that's feasible, 
you know, is remains to be seen. But I think we're all big fans of there being a connection between the two games. And the sooner that can happen, I think the better in most of our estimations. Yeah. Now, and, and, and again, this is a, a, as we've basically come full circle to some of our initial discussions, this would be a great topic that you, you would might like to hear somebody like Rouge or, you know, somebody, somebody who's really driving the vision behind Legion in terms of like, like, I don't think anybody has heard a single person connected with CCP think that it's a bad idea to have a link that, that that I'm tracking, even on the Eve side. I think what you've heard is a lot of speculation about the level and the the depth it should be or where it should fall on the prioritization list. But again, this is a great example of where it would be kind of interesting to hear from the team, you know, you know, from somebody who's driving the Legion development, what is the vision? Because I know when you look at the articles that see that uh, like the actual media articles that float around occasionally with uh, CCP Rouge as the interviewee, he clearly says, and in fact, one time I'm, I'm quite confident here that I'm not misquoting him, that he said basically he wanted people to play Eve via a first person shooter, which is, kind of interesting because that's what he said publicly in a couple areas uh so it makes me want to to hear where his vision is or what he's thinking and that kind of goes back to what we were saying before about just giving people throwing them a bone little bits of information is going to go a long way in 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 keeping people happy and and content with the progress of legion and, and whatnot everybody's starving for information i think and you know if we can just get something and maybe a regular schedule of little somethings that would go a long way Yep, I got you, man. And it looks like we're hitting our marker. And this is, again, this is actually a pretty fun discussion. We had a, a tighter group that we could kind of talk through some thing with, things with. And, and it, it's it's always fun when we have like a, uh, you know, a room full of folks, like, you know, seven or eight people in here. But it, I think I think occasionally having, you know, a smaller number of guys on the, in the chat really uh, helps us focus our discussion and, and tease out some points. So, I had a really good time tonight, guys, and I, th- I think it's really, really good that we could keep it kind of a very focused discussion. Uh, what I'd like to do is kind of transition to shout outs, and uh, we'll start to bring this episode to a close. Does that sound okay, guys? Sounds fine. Good deal. Since you piped up, you're up first, Iron Wolf. I'd like to give a shout out to SVT for making me feel like a scrub today. I lost about two million against you guys um, in pubs. <laughs> Nicely done. Okay, uh, Pokey. Uh, shout out to my corpo as she planetary operations. You know, you guys are you guys are great. Looking forward to playing some more in, in Dust and in other games. And uh, shout out to Derry. He should hopefully be back next week to stream for us. So we'll be back on the air next week. All right, cool. SMB. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Molan Labe as always. Uh, love you guys. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Ratati and Logi Bro. Been really enjoying the collaborative process with those guys, including all of the uh, my fellow CPM members. And I want to give a special shout out to uh, who I think is one of the community's sort of gems, who's just a, a fan's fan when it comes to dust. Um, and I'm pretty sure you're fairly familiar with him too, Jason. Uh, a fella by the name of Luther Mandrix. Oh yeah, who, who's been, yeah, who's been around and uh, who who's clearly very passionate about the game, and you know he's active on uh, Twitter and, and other areas. So I just want to say, you know, good on you, Luther, for being a fan and for caring about the game as much as you do. You represent the very best in this community. So thanks a lot, buddy. 
Awesome. And Shariah. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out uh, to uh, all the new corps who've recently joined us in Top Men, and they're uh, really uh, seeing a, an active stretch at uh, going back into PC. There's been actually a, a lot of PC matches this week in my alliance, so that's been kind of cool. All right, good deal. And uh, my shout outs for the night, uh, basically, I'm going to kind of cheese out here a little bit and say uh, it's pretty much everybody in the Dust community and the, and the Eve community, uh, pretty much everybody that I've played with or interacted with good and bad, uh, you know, based on a, a CCP based game, I, I would not have met or interacted with any of you without those games. So, you know, kind of a big shout to the community and a little bit for to uh, CCP for giving us the games that we occasionally love to hate, but often just love to play and interact with, uh, with our bros on. So that, that's like I said, a little bit of a cheesy, cheesy one, but uh, there it is. So uh, one, one last thing, I will likely not be on the show uh, for the next few weeks. Uh, I will be overseas doing a few things uh, in my, in my day job. Uh, but uh, Pokey and Soraya will be leading the charge here. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity these two guys gave it's me to. It's all going to heck. <laughs> no, I, I, I doubt that. But I, I really do appreciate the opportunity these guys gave me to uh, to kind of jump into podcasting with them. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been actually been on uh, several of the Eveside podcasts as well, uh, a, a mix of them, not just, uh, you know, uh, pod side, but a few of the other ones and had a lot of fun at it. And it, I really enjoy working with the community uh, and working with folks that just want to make the game better. Uh, so uh, I, I really appreciate it guys. Like I said, hopefully it won't be too long, but uh, you know, sort of work calls and I will, you know, real life is out there. So uh, this will probably be Jason signing off for a couple, couple, three weeks at, at the minimum, if not longer. Uh, but I really do, uh, really do appreciate the opportunity to get on with you guys every week. So, uh, with that, we're going to bring this episode of Biomass to a close. And again, uh, we later tonight we'll have this up on uh, iTunes, and we'll have it up on our website. Uh, we'll launch out in, uh, you know, the Twitterverse and up on the forums, uh, you know, when we get it posted up. As always, your feedback is very welcome, and, and frankly, we need it because a lot of the topics that we bring up are things that we see. Uh, you know, that are percolating throughout the forums or in game in our chats. And, uh, and occasionally we're, we're getting more people engaging us quite directly on things that they want to see in the game. Uh, and one of the interesting things I'll leave it up to Pokey and Zell on, but, uh, I've had a, had a couple of people ask me about adding a, a short lore segment to the, uh, to the podcast. And it might be, uh, not a bad idea. Maybe you guys want to experiment with it while I'm gone, but, uh, it's a good example of when you get some community feedback about you can do it uh, Iron different Wolf things. Can do that. Yeah, there you that go. Would, that would be that would totally be Iron Wolf's thing. I'm only level three. <laughs> okay, so uh, with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and bring this episode of Biomass to a close, and we will see all of you in a match somewhere, some some win. Since I know we're all playing Dust a little bit, and hopefully, I will catch you in a camp on Eve as well. All right, signing off.